Coming up on Podcast 1682, we ask, is Norway still the king of electric vehicles? We're going to find out the answers today. Stick around. Also on the show today, do EV drivers get more road rage attacks than others? We look at new battery technology unlocking a 1,000 kilometres of range for Hyundai and Kia, and some spy shots of the new Porsche Macan with a range number seen through the uh, the window by the spy shooters. But what does it say? We'll find out those stories and a lot more coming up on today's podcast. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. First one of the week, barreling towards Christmas rapidly, Monday 12th of December. Uh, my name is Martin Lee and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Now, this story is being replicated around the world as recovery services get into EVs in a bigger and bigger way. But now in the US, the AAA service, the American Automobile Association. Today, unveiling a series of services for EV owners to reflect the growing popularity of electric vehicles in the United States. As I mentioned yesterday, the first 10 months of the year, now 5.4 share of all new vehicles sold. And they're rolling out mobile EV charging for AAA members in select cities. More than 300,000 AAA members have an electric vehicle. And in 14 markets, they now have a mobile charging solution, they say, which will add about 20 miles of range in up to 30 minutes. And so trying to work out what that is, but I couldn't find out the information, whether that is a uh, a vehicle-to-vehicle solution, whether it's a gasoline generator, probably. I mean, that's not the end of the world. Um, Or whether it's some sort of uh, clever portable battery recharge situation, these stackable units, can't you, uh, from a couple of different providers, Uh, whether it's something like that in the back of the AAA trucks that come and rescue you on the side of the road uh, after you run out of electricity, which, touch wood, has never happened to me. And I don't really know anyone who runs out of electricity. Do I range anxiety all the time? And people go, oh, but what if you run out? Okay, but what if you run out of petrol? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Turn it around to combustion. You don't because you fill up when you need to. And so, yep, you know, I get it that range anxiety exists in large parts of certain countries where there is simply no DC fast charging. And that is a real thing, but not really for uh, many people who've got a decent range of chargers to pick from. Now, headline story next. We ask, is Norway still the king of electric vehicles? Let's find out. There were 15,915 EVs newly registered last month in Norway in the month of November. Battery electric vehicles, I'm talking about my friends, BEVs, uh, had a share of 81.6% of all new passenger car registrations last month. Now, there were also 1,502 plug-in hybrid vehicles. Plug-in hybrids still losing market share in Norway. It looks like in Norway, we're now at the stage where people go, right, I need a diesel truck for whatever reason. I don't know. They're up in the cabin or whatever. And Or I need a full electric car. The the middle ground of what I've long said is, you know, a gateway into electric vehicles, plug-in hybrids suit certain people. That remains true in some countries, and I would stick to that. But in Norway, Norwegians at least are saying, well, it's all or nothing for us. So, yep, all electric cars. Um, Plug-in market share, 7%, still reasonable. And that does make 90% of all new vehicle registrations coming with the plug socket on the side in November. That's amazing, 90%. If you are going in and buying a combustion vehicle, you are so the odd one out in Norway. Uh, The Model Y 
the top of the model rankings in Norway. 3,212 registrations, just ahead of the Volkswagen ID4. Pop a link to Electrive in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Tesla drivers are next in the news, saying that they've faced more incidents of road rage since they started driving Teslas. Tesla drivers claim they face more incidents, like being cut off in traffic and heckled since driving their Tesla electric car. Multiple Tesla owners talking to The Guardian newspaper, saying that the incidents appear from anti-EV sentiments, they say, rather than a dislike of Elon Musk. Now, I've seen more recently... So this is a recent phenomenon, might not have shown up in this research The Guardian did. I've seen more and more people saying, look, I love the cars, but I'm kind of put off by Elon's political or religious rants on Twitter. And look, I get that. Look, the car is the car is the car. The technology is amazing. 100,000 people, 98,000 people work at Tesla. So the company is bigger than one person. But I I do understand how they feel that he's such a larger-than-life character that that reflects upon... Tesla drivers in some way. I don't really feel it. Like, you know, if... if I don't know. <laughs> if if he wasn't there, would people still buy Teslas? Probably. Would the hardcore fans cry some tears? Yeah, but Tesla's carrying on the way that Apple carried on, didn't it, after Steve Jobs? And so incidents are more likely to occur in this research in the southern states of the US, where electric cars are less prevalent. Uh, three drivers said the instances of road rage uh, are particularly perpetrated by pickup truck drivers. Well, you know, I get that as well. Uh, so you don't want to be too stereotypical and uh, you also go, well, yeah, there are areas where EVs are still quite rare in the US. And, you know, some people feel a bit a bit threatened. So they park their truck in a supercharging bay. That's OK. These you now these people are. A certain flavour, aren't they? And so, you know, they'll do what they do, but it's okay. Now, Tesla, staying with them, have the second oldest lineup in the world of cars. Let's dig into this story because I, I kind of find it amazing because Tesla is so cutting edge. How can this be true? Tesla is the brand with the second oldest range of vehicles amongst 27 car makers, which were analysed, counting the average age of a car is done by looking at when it was between today and the day it was officially unveiled. Not presented, not shown by Elon on stage as something that will come one day, but when the production car was ready. Uh, The calculation does exclude a facelift. So Model S is counted as one vehicle, not facelift. No restyling. So other than the introduction of a new generation of vehicle, also the discounted rebadging. Lada is the oldest. So... In the world, if you want to buy a brand new Lada, you are buying uh, an average age of their range of 18.9 years. But then Tesla was next on the list with 7.8 years. Now, yeah, Model S and X have been around a long time. What was Model S was, what, March 2009? Model X, sometime 2015. And then uh, the 3 and the Y. So, yeah, I guess they are kind of old. It just doesn't... That sort of doesn't compute with me, really. Like, those are such cutting-edge vehicles, always updated. The best app out there, the best user interface out there, the best EV driving experience out there, the best supercharging network out there. How can they have the oldest lineup of vehicles? I suppose they do, I guess. The Model S, even with Plaid version. They don't include Plaid slash refresh in this survey, but I don't know. I mean, that... 
Seems strange, but I guess it is kind of true. Now we'll talk about Hyundai and Kia and how their new battery technology, a new deal for batteries actually, will unlock a thousand kilometers of range. They're going to boost their partnership with CATL, the world's biggest car, a battery EV maker, the Chinese tech giant. According to a South Korean news outlet, uh, CATL's third-generation battery technology is called the Kirin battery. It is cell-to-pack or cell-to-chassis technology. Now, that improves energy density because you're not putting cells together into modules and then stacking those modules into a battery pack. You literally put the cells into the chassis of the vehicle, like Tesla do, and with their 4680 cells. So that improves the energy density of the battery. It makes manufacturing more simple, lowers costs as well. And Hyundai and Kia say that's what will unlock a 1,000 kilometers of range on some of their models. They have signed up to use CATL's Kirin batteries, the Celta Pack 3, version 3 batteries, and the ones from those companies coming to Europe and South Korea will get those packs. Geely have a brand called Zika, and their people carrier, whatever you want to call it, the Zika 009, that has a 1,000 kilometres of range using this same technology. So... You know, at some point, too much is, you know, rain, you don't need a battery that big. So 600 miles, 1,000 kilometers. At what point do you go, like, that's enough. These cars charge really quickly. There's enough infrastructure. I just don't need to carry that battery around. Now, I've got some long journeys. I'm a little bit busy at the minute, busier than I like, <laughs> than I like to be. Um, so I've got a few long journeys to do, actually. And so I'm kind of in a mindset of, and it's really cold here. So it's a minus, I think, for us, minus four, minus five Celsius is very cold. Not snowy down here in Dorset, but still. Um, and so range taking a bit of a hit, and I'm charging a bit more on my journeys. But still, a 40 or a 60 kilowatt hour battery does me most of the time. Now, to have a, a battery that's a thousand kilometers, it, it it almost seems like overkill. I can't believe I just said that. Put me in EV prison for saying that. Because, look, right, you should always get the most range you can get. It's almost my advice to people when they're buying an EV. and they, What should I get? Get the most range you possibly can. But, yeah, use case as well. So, goodness me. I mean, look, I'm not going to complain if they've got it. I want it now. We'll talk a bit more Hyundai in a moment. Talking about batteries and uh, we'll talk about a new... Uh, battery electric car uh, battery plant uh, for Nissan here in the UK. Stick around, those stories are on the way. Now, staying with Hyundai, uh, the leading car maker of South Korea is getting together with SK Innovation, also South Korean, and their battery arm, SK On, uh, to invest $4 billion in a joint battery production plant in Georgia, US officials said last Friday. Construction will be finished in 2025, and the two companies signing the agreement at the end of November building on a joint facility in Bartow County. That's about 1,000 kilometres northwest of Atlanta. The batteries produced at the plant will power Hyundai vehicles made at their Georgia plant. That's also under construction right now. So the car's made in the US, the battery's made in the US, and that's a Georgia plant. October had a groundbreaking ceremony, I think. Uh, and there's been about five and a half billion on that place as well. Stellantis, on the other hand, are closing one of their assembly plants in Illinois. It'll close in February, and they say that the, the workers will have to be laid off because of the high cost of making EVs. There are 1,300 workers at the Belvedere plant. They make the Jeep Cherokee, and Stellantis said they'll invest money 
in making EVs globally as a company, 31 billion, but that that plant can't stay open because they're diverting the funds to electrify their lineup elsewhere. Work is starting on a new 1,000-job EV battery plant next to Nissan. Now, Nissan had a battery company, which they sold. Uh, Envision AESC is the name of the company these days. And if you go to Sunderland in the northeast of this country, uh, you've got the big Nissan plant. And literally over the road, I think there's a, a, a bridge or a train bridge which ferries the batteries over the main road um, on little trains. I think that's how I th- last time I was there. Um, they, uh, next door, have the battery plant, uh, which, of course, are not owned by Nissan anymore, but Envision AESC have started construction of their latest gigafactory nearby, uh, the Sunderland plant in Nissan. It's the second plant, which will have a capacity of 12 gigawatt hours a year. So, you know, that is... A decent amount of EVs. What, a couple of hundred thousand electric vehicles with a 60 kilowatt hour pack? Yes. Um, it will build their latest generation of battery 30% better than what's in the Nissan Leaf uh, right now in terms of energy density. The factory is part of a partnership with Nissan and the city council in Sunderland uh, to bring jobs uh, to the area where the Nissan Leaf has been built. One of three locations in the world since 2012. Spy shots of the Porsche McCann next in the news. And they managed to get a little shot through the window as well. Fresh spy shots. Now, this vehicle is put back a year. So it's now technically the 2024 Porsche McCann. And in one of the photos, uh, firstly, the inside looks like a Porsche Taycan. And there's every chance that it will. (laughs) So why not? Because Taycan looks good and it's perfectly functioning. Um, Or they're using Taycan bits in these test cars. Either way, the range says 234 miles. Well, it says 391 kilometres, which is 243 miles. And the battery indicator looks pretty full. That's probably around, you know, less than 100 kilowatt hour battery pack. That's probably about right. Um, Maybe they'll get a little bit more out of it in the next 12 months of testing. Um, The underpinnings, the PPE platform, premium platform electric. Uh, You can't get a bigger battery in that platform, which is why they're not going for like a 120 kilowatt hour pack or something. But of course, 800 volt architecture, super fast, 270 kilowatt DC fast charging like the Taycan. The McCann will be ridiculously popular because it's that segment that lots of people want to buy. And so, you know, you get you get to 80% in 25 minutes. And so it's going to be a successful vehicle. But, ah, oh man, I kind of get the feeling that we should be talking about it now rather than being the 2024 model. I gather, this isn't gospel, by the way, I gather it's held up by software. What? How can Volkswagen Group, well, Porsche's IPO'd these days, is technically separate. How can they continue to have software issues? Holy bazookas. Now, a new study says that driving an EV can make your bills cheaper and your neighbours as well. Cutting down your carbon footprint and also saving money, what's not to love? A study by the Natural Resources Defence Council. Look, I've seen these studies over the years multiple times. This is just the latest one. I'll add it to my folder of research. But now... They've looked at uh, three Californian utilities and the effect of electric vehicles and the uh, way that you can charge your vehicle overnight when the grid isn't very busy. You build the grid for its busiest times, but then that's the peak. The rest of it is inefficiency. You charge your vehicle when the grid isn't being used and even use your EV to put money back into the grid when it needs it. And you can save money on grid infrastructure, transmission, energy distribution, a 
big part of that is how we can use cars, charge them off peak, use them at peak time and support the grid. And Cornell says switching to EVs will save lives. Air pollution kills. There's no doubt about that. It's responsible for 6.5 million premature deaths in the world every single year. Each one of those is a heartbreaking story. A new study published in the academic journal Lancet Planetary Health, uh, researched by the World Health Organization, shows that 99% of people breathe contaminated air that is unsafe. That's crazy. So stray pollutants, carbon monoxide, nitrogen dioxide, sulfur, ozone, particulates that have broken off from toxic matter get lodged in our bodies and wreak havoc. We need to clean up the air. We need to sort out heart disease and stroke and lung cancer caused by pollution. So what could happen if we get it right? Well, this new study by Cornell says that if Los Angeles gets it right, there'll be 1,163 fewer premature deaths every single year. And that equates to $12.5 billion of economic gains. New York City, for instance, would have 576 fewer premature deaths every year, but $6.5 billion of economic gains. And the same goes for the other places they studied. Um, Chicago and uh, also parts of California, Dallas-Fort Worth as well. Not only saving lives, but also having massive economic benefits. That is the true definition of a no-brainer. Let's clear up the air. Come on, let's get it done. Right, question of the week, taking a wee break for a while. Oh, but it will return. Oh, but it will. And we couldn't put this show on the air. I literally could not pay the bills of this podcast as it's grown, as it's taken up more of my time, which generally tends to be at either you know, two o'clock in the morning at the end of the day or five o'clock in the morning the next day. Such is the delight of my workload right now. But that's OK. That's all right. I couldn't do it without the Patreon fans footing the bill. And it's amazing what you guys do. Uh, thank you very much to our premium partners. Daily Mention for you, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village of Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe. Now, Octopus do some innovative things as an energy company, but in terms of charging, uh, check out Electric Universe because you have one app, you have one map, and you charge your car wherever you want. And milbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. It's proper nice. We've been down there to go see Bob and the family. And it's lovely. You can book yourself in too. And Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. <laughs>